Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's up, guys? Kelsey Charles and Megan Murray here with you from Girls Talking Boys. Hey, y'all. Um, so, obviously, the Dallas Cowboys did some great work in the NFL draft this year, and they grabbed a couple players out of Oklahoma. So, we took the time to sit down with Sooner Sports reporter Jessica Cootie and really find out more about Neville and CD. Yeah, our first girl on Girls Talking Boys. I know. It was great. It was great. Yeah, uh, she told us why CD uh, picked the number two. Also, uh, what his favorite game was in college. I was surprised by this. I was shocked. Yeah, and Neville has some really, really interesting stories too. His upbringing, where he came from, how he has been setting records since he's been playing football. So, um, Just amplifying my standhood of Neville Gallimore. Honestly, it was great. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and let you guys enjoy. All right, and as promised, we have a very special guest for you guys today. Jessica Cootie from Sooner Sports Television is coming on to talk all things CeeDee Lamb and Neville Gallimore. Jessica, hello. Hey, thanks for having me on. I'm excited. You know, uh, Sooner Nation is pumped that uh, those two Sooners are uh, staying close to home. And, of course, both of them have played some uh, big minutes down there in, in old Jerry World. So I think Sooner fans are pumped. Yes, we definitely want to talk about that. But um, really quick, an introduction to you for those that may not follow you yet. Um, if you've ever seen the viral Baker Mayfield dancing video of him doing the Millie Rock uh, from his Oklahoma days, then you've seen Jessica's work. <laughs> so you can go ahead and thank her for that because I know each and every one of you know exactly what I'm talking about. How could you? Yeah, it, it's so crazy how that all went down. I mean... Baker Mayfield was a walk-on at that time. You know, he was, we were at the bowl game and um, the way that the teams kind of travel to certain events, you have your offense bus, your defense bus, and then you have basically your special teams and, and, and walk, like basically your specialists and walk-ons on the other bus. And so um, with the other two buses being full, the staff a lot of times just jump on that last bus. So Baker was on that last bus at the time. He was not the starting quarterback. And, you know, I'm, I, I do features and stuff and, and show kind of all the, the different, um, I guess, events and, and the behind the scenes type of uh, things that happen with, with the team. So I was just videoing because they were, you know, visiting some, some sick kids, some, some patients and that were, you know, make a wish kids. And I was just videoing. And next thing you know, you hear the whole team, they had this dance circle and the whole team were trying, was trying to get Baker Mayfield out there. So I just happened to have my phone out already and then I recorded it and then I asked him when we got back on the bus I said hey do you care if I post this and he said no I, I don't care at all so I posted that was in January or December late December and it didn't really go viral until the next summer and then it was just kind of crazy it was like it blew up so quickly it, yeah so it's still kind of crazy to me when people tweet it out I'm like 
that I, I shot that that's from my phone and it was just complete <laughs> luck that I just so happened to have my phone out recording. Well, we thank you for that content because I have to say, I think I've used it once or twice in, on, in the Twitterverse for Constantly. sure. That's <laughs> awesome. Um, well, obviously Oklahoma is known for churning out some pretty good football players and making it to the next level in the league. Um, and the Cowboys were lucky enough to pick up two of those guys this year. CeeDee Lamb, wide receiver at pick 17 in the first round. We also snagged Neville Gallimore, D-lineman, number 82 pick in the draft in the My third guy. round. Yes. So, <laughs> uh, Jessica, again, you're, you're, you're embedded with the team. You know these guys better than anyone. I think we'll, we can start with CeeDee, I guess, because he's a first-rounder. Um, tell us about him. What, what's been in your experience with him? Like, what kind of guy is he? Give us a face to this dynamic name that we just can't wait to get in the door. Well, I can tell you just being that from the second he walked in the doors at Oklahoma, the second he walks in the doors down there in Dallas, he's going to be loved in that locker room. And, uh, you know, he stepped on campus as a freshman and immediately, you know, you heard players talking about how this guy does not play like a freshman. This guy is not a freshman. The, the, from the first, the very first practice, not even before coaches could even be out there, when it was just one-on-ones, like uh, no pads, just seven-on-sevens, guys getting together just to, you know, get, get some reps in. You, you heard the talk about this freshman kid making some unbelievable plays. And I think from that, st- from that moment there, from the second that he stepped on campus, he had started to gain the trust of Baker Mayfield. So Baker Mayfield was the returning uh, guy at this point. And um, this was his last year, the year that Oklahoma ended up going to the Rose Bowl. Baker immediately trusted this guy as a freshman. So you look at maybe the, the wide receivers that were on that team that year. Mark Andrews, who is now uh, one of the best tight ends, was an was a all-pro, Pro Bowl tight end this year uh, with Baltimore. Uh, Marquise Brown, also with Baltimore, um, set rookie records for, for Baltimore. And, you know, just, just the lineup of, of receivers that Baker Mayfield already had and then he, he relies on CeeDee Lamb to the tune of Big 12 Freshman of the Year, and CeeDee Lamb sets Big 12 freshman, or Oklahoma freshman receiving records. And you're talking about the previous guy that held that record was Kenny Stills, who, again, is a guy in the league making big-time plays on Sundays. Now he's with Houston. But, uh, you know, a guy that ha- that record had stood, and then Kenny Stills broke a guy by the name of Ryan Broyles' record. And so it's just the, the, the caliber of wide receivers that Oklahoma had had and, and what CD was able to do and come in as a freshman and kind of make his own mark, I think was really eye-opening to a lot of people. So he's the Big 12 freshman, offensive freshman of the year. Then he uh, sets all the records as a, as a freshman. He comes in his sophomore year. It's time for a new quarterback, Kyler Murray, who had been playing baseball. Uh, and, and you recall, he got drafted um, Major League Baseball draft. So he wasn't really actually around as much in the summer now. Now, CD did get a chance to work with Kyler because Kyler was the backup behind Baker. But again, maybe not as much reps as you would think a quarterback and, and a wide receiver would get going into that year. So CD helps Baker Mayfield win the, win the Heisman. Then he goes in and he helps Kyler Murray win the Heisman. Year number three, it's time for a new quarterback. And this is what's crazy about all this is it was even less time of than the other two that he had time to build that chemistry. So here comes Jalen Hurts and he comes – you know, I think he had committed in January and then they really only have a spring and CD kind of takes matters into his own hands to help build this chemistry, to help build this relationship with his new quarterback. He invites Jalen. Jalen didn't have a place to stay, invites him to stay with him. 
uh, and Charleston Rambo at their house, at their apartment. Jalen slept on their couch. And then the hours and the, the time that they put in behind the scenes that nobody knew. I think Jalen gets a lot of props and a lot of eyeballs on him and maybe his post-game workouts. But I think CD was also a guy that really put in a lot of time and put in a lot of time with Jalen to help build that chemistry. And then I think it showed, obviously, on Saturdays, a lot of times when Jalen was going to CD over and over again, that was his guy. So you're talking about three different guys, three different quarterbacks that were arguably one of the best with Baker and Kyler's case. They were the best quarterback in college football. And Jalen Hurts, the Heisman Trophy runner-up. CD Lamb was one of the go-to for each of those three guys. And you hear what each of those three uh, you know, have to say about him is that he's a team guy. He's a – you know, all in on whatever the team needs from him. I think most people that have studied CD at this point have seen the blocking uh, on and on. The, the things that he does outside of just catching the football and what he does after he catches the football, the things that he, the, the, the plays that he makes without the football in his hands too are what's impressive in it. And it, especially for Kyler Murray, he, that's what he specifically made note of is that, you know, he's not a guy that, you know, is, is going to, he, he, doesn't necessarily have to have the ball in his hands all the time to make a huge difference on the field. And so, you know, just to kind of make note of that, kind of put a bow on that and, and him being a teammate guy and a guy that is loved by the team and is going to put the team first no matter what. He missed the Baylor game uh, in Waco this past year, the biggest game of the season um, for Oklahoma, for the Big 12, basically, period. Um, you know, it was – and they – there was rumors that CD wasn't going to get to play because of an injury. And um, he all the whole week, everybody was, how was Oklahoma going to win without CD lamb? Well, he doesn't get to play uh, because of that injury. He comes out and the OU goes down 28 to three at halftime or 28 to three. And OU ends up coming back and winning, winning that game. And this past, uh, right before pro day this past March, we had all of those guys kind of sit down together and we all went around the room and asked them, what was your favorite game? CD lamb said the Baylor game that he didn't even get to play in because wow. he was so excited that his team was able to come back and win that game, even without him, despite him not being out there, the best player on the field. Oh, he was able to win that and that he picked that game. So I think that just speaks volumes of the type of teammate CD is that he doesn't care. He just wants to win. I Ooh, love that. You're giving me chills thinking about like him and Dak potential. Woo! I know. I was going to say, well, Dak probably can't invite him over on his couch um, since, you know, we're yeah, going through a Maybe a pandemic. not right now. But, but I, I think the bonding thing for your, for your point is really important because, you know, these guys, everyone's going to be in that situation this year, the transitional period where I know CD dealt with three different quarterbacks, but now the entire Cowboys team has a new coaching staff for the first time. And in it's right. not Lincoln Riley. Right. It, yeah. <laughs> it's not Lincoln Riley for several years. And so, I look at a guy like that and the stories you just tell I me, mean, what value do you think a guy like CD can bring to those situations? It's not only a new, a new scheme, if you will. I mean, a new coaching staff, but you're also trying to learn it, implement it in a really, really weird time. Right. And I, and that's another thing that you hear, you know, Dennis Simmons talk about um, and then Kyler Murray, Jalen Baker, all of them have talked about that. He's a very smart football player that he understands the game. It's not just, Hey, line up, go catch the football for CD. He, he understands kind of the X's and O's and he knows, um, you know, he'll be in meeting rooms and, and they've talked about how meeting rooms he's can see things a lot of times when he's watching film that a lot of guys can't. So I think learning a new system and in a short amount of time is not going to be a problem for CD lamb. And I think just given the track record of what he's been able to do, 
um, with the quarterbacks just in college. I think Dak Prescott is going to really like CeeDee Lamb, and I don't think CeeDee's going to have a problem fitting in. Even, I mean, again, you, like I mentioned earlier, you know, he's when he comes in as a freshman, he's not the guy, right? He's not the number one receiver. Even as a sophomore, he's not the number one receiver. Marquise Brown was, but he was – all for being the supplemental piece, the number two guy, whatever he needs to be. So if Amari Cooper's the guy and CeeDee Lamb's the number two guy or number three guy, he's all for that as long as he's helping his team win. Love that. So you mentioned, you know, again, lots of transition from him him in his collegiate career. Some would view that as adversity and overcoming it. I know also in his personal life off the field, he had some adversity to overcome, namely in his youth where he had to actually evacuate New Orleans because of Hurricane Katrina. Did he ever mention that to you or talk about how that could have impacted the way he approached adversarial situations on the field? Uh, A thousand percent. You know, he talks a a lot about that kind of shaping his drive and his work ethic. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people say, you know, they work hard, but, uh, you know, and it's, it's easy to say that because everybody works hard, right? But I think if you have a driving force behind that and, you know, CD kind of saw, uh, you know, his family and, and some of the people that were closest to him hit rock bottom because of that and the way that they had to pick up and move everything. And he doesn't want his family to have to go through that. He wants to provide for them. He wants to, um, you know, make a better life for them. So I think that drives him every single day. And he talks about that. I mean, he, there, there's more behind why he's working than just, I want to be a great football player. And so I think, you know, every player has their own story, but CD is definitely one of those that's working much bigger than just for him to be a star NFL football player. I mean, it's, it's, um, it drives him every single day and he wants to be, um, you know, he wants to take care of his family and he, he started taking care of them when, you know, he was in college. And so I think he, he has a good head on his shoulders in that regard of knowing that it's bigger than just him. Sorry, my dog is barking right now. Sammy. What's his name? Sammy. Oh, what's up, yeah. Sammy? Hi, yeah, Sammy. Yeah. We're no stranger to dogs on podcasts. That's so. actually a fact. <laughs> he's a, he is a cocker spaniel and never met a stranger, but he thinks he's a big bad having to guard the door whenever, uh, whenever the <laughs> UPS guy comes by. I love it. I love it. Oh, okay. So um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about um, his experience at AT&T Stadium, and he's already made some big plays down there uh, when he faced Texas in the Big 12 championship game and won MVP. Uh, right. What's his, like, day one starter potential, and what do you think he can bring to the Cowboys offense? And tell me a little bit about those moments. Yeah, I mean, unbelievable. And you know, not even just at, at Cowboy Stadium, but in the Cotton Bowl, too, when he played Texas. He's had some big moments in Dallas, just period. And so I think he's looking forward to continue to making those uh, wow moments down there. I, you know, I, I especially at, at Baylor, I just remember thinking uh, it was unfortunate that he didn't win the bullet in the cough. I think a lot of people, and obviously I would probably be a little bit biased being that I work for Oklahoma, but I think a lot of people thought that um, you know, he got robbed. Maybe if he plays in that Baylor game, it would have been a different story. Who knows? Um, but I just think, you know, towards the end, and especially in that game, you know, in the Big 12 championship game, there was just no doubt that he was the best player on the field. And just some of the things that he can do that most people can't, it's just, it's just right there, you know, um, pretty you can see it. It's right there on the field. You can see what separates him. And so I think, you know, a lot of, um, especially the big 12 championship, it was no doubt that he was the best player on the field. And I, 
you know, that's the first time I think, well, out of the three Big 12 championship games, I think the, the two previous years, you know, were won by quarterbacks. And so, you know, we're, we're Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. So I think, you know, I, I don't think there was any doubt if when I was sitting in the media room or in the uh, uh, upstairs in the uh, press conference room and, and it, it, there was no doubt that CeeDee Lamb was going to win MVP. So I think he's – there's just this um, – this cool kind of connection uh, between Oklahoma and Dallas, and it's a big recruiting bed for for Oklahoma. But then you talk about the Red River Showdown that happens in Dallas every year, and so you know I was telling you guys about how I just think for Sooner fans they couldn't be more excited. And a lot of Oklahoma people, we don't have an NFL team, so a lot of people around here are Cowboys fans. And Welcome so to Cowboys Nation, <laughs> right? I think they were already Cowboys fans because that's the closest team that they have, and so for now to have two Sooners going and then to join Gerald McCoy, who's one of the all-time favorite Sooners ever. Yep. It's just, I think you're going to have even more, more Sooner fan support. But I think, um, you know, I think just kind of going back to what I was talking about with CD, I, I think he'll be able to make an e immediate impact just because I think he's fine with doing whatever he needs to do without the ball in his hand. I mean, you, you can see some of the blocking. I mean, and Dennis Simmons, one of the, um, you know, the wide receivers coach that coached him, I asked him, where does CD rank among some of the best blocking receivers that he's had? And he's had multiple Blitnikoff award winners and he's had a lot of guys go and play in the league. And he said that he would probably put CD up there at the top as the best blocking receiver that he's ever had in his coaching career. So I think looking beyond just catching the football, which he's going to do and making plays, which he's going to do just the things that he can add outside of that. Um, you know, I think that will make him an immediate impact for this team. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. I love that. I mean, I, you mentioned he's had some big moments in, in, in Dallas, and I actually got the chance to watch him for the Red River game, and it was fun. And I, you know, I, re I read some recap reports, and I think the best way I could have described him was where one writer said, the defenders would just bounce off of him. And I couldn't say yeah. it better myself. Um, that's just one of the ways he plays bigger than what he is. I know you got a chance to work with um, Roy Manning and have uh, some conversations with him. Obviously, he's the cornerbacks coach over at Oklahoma. So he deals with the secondary. And, and he's got to use his guys and prep his guys to play against CD in practice. What did he have to say about how he prepared them to, to face a threat at the wide receiver position like Lamb? Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty um, well known across college football that the Big 12 is the best offensive conference, right? And 
um, year in and year out. You're seeing some of the best offenses in the country and a uh, weekend every single Saturday you're seeing um, just an explosive offense that can put up the numbers with um, lots of receivers and, and playmakers. And so um, I think the more that CD, the, the stronger and the bigger that he got. And, and by the time last year, and then especially this year as a junior, when Roy Manning came in and started talking to his guys about going up against CD Lamb, it, he just talked about how, you know, look, what you're seeing every single day on a daily basis in practice is not going to be as hard as what you're seeing on Saturday. So you're going up against the very best every day in practice. It's only going to make you better for what you see in a game. And so I think he saw that tremendous um, progress, especially with a guy like Parnell Motley, who, um, you know, had a tremendous senior season. He was the number one rated um, cornerback in the big 12 um, stats wise this past year. And, you know, both Parnell and Roy Manning will both credit C.D. Lamb for that growth in Parnell Motley and him being the best cornerback, arguably, in the Big 12 last year was because of what he had to do against C.D. Lamb every single day in practice. So, yeah, I mean, I think uh, one other thing that I think uh, Roy Manning said that I, I think you, you also hear what a lot of guys say about C.D. Lamb is that he just loves playing football. He loves it in a way that a lot of people don't and that's kind of what separates him in a lot of ways from a lot of different guys is is his pure love for the game a lot of people might just do it to do it maybe because they're good at it maybe they they love it but the the love that cd lamb has and part, and again roy manning's been around a lot of guys that love to play the game but he said the love that cd lamb has is just not everybody has it and that's a lot of times what separates him it's just his love for being on the field which again goes back to kind of what i've been talking about him just being a teammate and doing whatever it takes. He just loves playing the game, no matter what that means for him. However that means he gets to play the game, he loves to play it. You know, it's so funny you say that because as you're, you continue to talk about how much he loves football and he's just obsessed with the game, I can't help but think of some other wide receivers that have played for the Cowboys. And it leads me perfectly into my next question. Meg, we've <laughs> been talking about a lot. There's some controversy around what number this guy's going to wear. Yeah, he's either uh, – he's talked about saying – Sorry, he has said that he wants to wear 10, but um, Jerry seems to think that he'd make a great 88. So uh, <laughs> would you trust him to give 88 its due if he ends up wearing it, or why do you think he came up with the number 10? You know, I don't know about 10 because I know, you know, two has always been something that he's used to honor his uncle. He has the chain, and so um, I don't know. I, I think, again, I was at – I was with a – the Simmons at their house when CD's uh, name got called and um, when they got to FaceTime him. And it, 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 yes, he, he was uh, born and had to leave New Orleans, but again, being a guy that is from Texas, just to see his pure joy, he knows all about the Dallas Cowboys. If you're a Texas kid, you're from the state of Texas, it's a dream to play for the Cowboys. They're America's team, right? So just to see his pure joy, I honestly think no matter what number he gets, he will, he will do its due diligence. He will honor it. If it's 88, he's going to do his best to do it, whatever it might be. But I think he's just so happy to put on that uniform. It doesn't matter what number it is. So what was the story about num the number two and his uncle? So his uncle was who really got him into uh, playing football. And he was a um, wide receiver. And he, he got drafted. He played. And I'm not sure the, the details, but he was um, a pretty – he, he played a lot of football and played big-time college football and kind of got him into playing football and, and being a receiver and working at all of those little 
you know, details, the footwork, the running the routes, things like that, um, got him really into it. And his uncle tragically passed away. And so um, it's kind of, again, another one of those behind the scenes type of things that motivates CD. And that's why he wears that too, because his uncle wore, um, I believe a number that had the two. So whatever he wore um, um, in high school, I think had a two in it. And then he had the two. Um, so there's, there's something about the numbers that he's always worn somehow ties back to his uncle. So I, it'll be interesting to see. I think, again, you know, when he came in as a freshman, two was taken. Some of the other numbers that he was looking at, so he wore nine, but then he went back to two. So as a freshman, he wore number nine. But I think, you know, whatever is available for him, I think he'll be more than happy to rep it. I would imagine just given the, his track record and what he's done in his past, it might have something to do to honor his uncle. But – um, I don't know, again, whatever, uh, I think he'll take whatever number, whatever number he's given and, and he'll love it. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, we talked a lot about CD. We're super excited about him, but there's another guy that we picked up from your team too, that we're very excited about, uh, Neville Gallimore in the third round, like I mentioned before, he's a defensive lineman tackle. He fills a need this Cowboys team really, really, really has desperately needed for a minute. We have some, some uncertainties on who's going to actually be the starting guys in, in several positions. And so he really comes in and, and provides um, some much needed depth. And I know Megan specifically loves this guy. Yeah, I just, so he's been pretty outspoken about like how excited he is and he's already repping um, all the Cowboys gear and he has weed and boys all over his profiles. And he's just kind of got me excited about him. Also, it was something we desperately needed. But um, could you tell us a little bit about him? Oh, yeah. I mean, Neville, so CD is, I mean, you guys are going to love Cowboys fans are going to love both of those guys, but CD's a little bit more reserved, a little bit more, um, I guess maybe not, I wouldn't say shy, but just a little bit more reserved. And, and Neville Gallimore is a guy that he has the best personality. He's hilarious. He's very outgoing. That's why I cannot wait to see, uh, you know, Neville Gallimore and Gerald McCoy together because Gerald McCoy is a sooner through and through. I think everybody saw his posts, his videos about how excited he was when, when both of them, were brought on, but especially for um, for Neville Gallimore. And, and Neville's a guy that's just really beginning to scratch the surface of what he can do because he he grew up in Canada, wasn't necessarily a, a football guy. He played really every sport and um, actually went to Canada prep. And there's a fun story behind that if you guys want me to get into that here yes, in a minute. go for and, it. Um, well, he, he went to Canada prep, ends up becoming – the number one recruit out of Canada also becomes the first Canadian to be named a U.S. Army high school All-American. He comes to Oklahoma completely raw. He was overweight, um, had never played with his hand in the ground. And so, you know, he redshirted his first year and then comes in and then he starts playing immediately as a redshirt freshman. And I think from the start, it's always been his raw athleticism. And, you know, his 40 time blew everybody out of the water, I think, but nobody from Oklahoma that's been around Neville, that's worked with Neville from the start, we're surprised about that at all. He's just, from the start, he's been, every year you would pull the team who would be the most athletic sooner, Neville would be at the top of the list. Um, his, his position coach, Calvin Thibodeau, told me one time that um, if they were, you know, drafting on the, or picking teams to, to put together a basketball team amongst the football team, Neville would be one of the first one picked. He could dunk a basketball at age 13. So I think the raw athleticism is there. It's always been there. It's just now kind of beginning to scratch the surface of what he can be with that 
raw athleticism as a football player. And so I think, again, with Gerald McCoy, a guy who obviously has done it at the highest level and is one of the best in the NFL, he'll take him under his wing and help him continue to grow with that staff, continuing to just, you know, become a very good defensive lineman as opposed to just a very athletic, you know, an athlete out there on the field. So um, I think he's – you saw the, the Players' Tribune. He's not even close to his ceiling. He played one year under Alex Grinch, the new defensive coordinator. I think people could see just the disruptiveness and what he could do. So I think it's it, it's just barely beginning to scratch the surface for Neville, Neville Gallivore. It's really cool, too, that you mentioned Jeb McCoy. I mean, he'll get to learn a lot from him, too. But you've got a guy like Jim Tomsula who's going to come in. I mean, talk about a man who's, who's shown his worth. Um, and I really think to be able to take a guy like Neville and mold him is an opportunity that you just don't get very often. I mean, you mentioned his 40 time. It's 4.79. Man, like, I, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say he's a, he's a specialty player. He's creeping up on those numbers, but that's pretty fast for a big guy. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good. It was what the third fastest time by a defensive lineman since the year 2000. Yeah. So, um, I, yeah, and and running at that at 304, and he came in again. I mentioned he he lost just 30 pounds even just at the end of his junior season to a redshirt junior season to this past season but you know he had lost I think overall I would say over 50 pounds just from the start and so yeah I think just again figuring out really how to really play the game of football at a high level all the time because it's really you know again coming from Canada he didn't have the type of opportunities of playing pop Warner and he played soccer he played basketball he played um, you know, tra- he w- ran track and field. He literally did every sport. And then he got noticed by a coach at Canada Prep. And um, so they offered him a spot, but it's it's expensive, right? And and this is part of the feature that I did on him this past year with his family. And another guy that his family is extremely, extremely important to him. And, and for this, a big part is this reason right here is, you know, he has two brothers and he went to his, his family. He said, look, I, if, if you guys can let me, somehow find a way to help me get to Canada prep. I know that I can do big things. I know that it can get me places. And so, you know, his family didn't have the money at the time, but his older brother, um, Gary found a way somehow scraped the money to get him to Canada prep to go to where he could, you know, hone on his football skills a little bit more. And, and it's Canada football prep. And so, um, that's what ended up ultimately getting him discovered and, and getting him recruited and, and all these accolades being, the top recruit out of Canada. And so, you know, and, and he talked about how serious it was for his family, the, the conversation that, you know, we're providing you this opportunity, but we're, we've got this money that we're giving you to go to this. You, you better not mess it up. You better take care of business. And, you know, he said he didn't have a plan B. He had to just go take care of business. And they said, you know, the second your grades start falling, the second, you know, anything that if you're not doing everything that you need to do to, to stay on track there, we're pulling you out of that. We're not wasting our money. So that's, he, he got his stuff together and boy, you know, he, he really has an appreciation for where he is because of what it, the sacrifices that it took for his family to get him there. And, um, you know, so as telling you about how, you know, his family didn't get to come down and watch him play much. They got to go watch when Oklahoma played um, at West Virginia, I believe his redshirt freshman year, but uh, they got to come down for the first time um, this for senior night. And he had, all of his friends and all of his uh, family and, and ha- had a lot of fa- friends in the stands as well. And they got to be on the field for the first time. And I think, again, it just kind of reminds him 
Um, he has a different kind of perspective than I think a lot of people, than a lot of people do just because, you know, from Canada, you don't like people from where he's from. They don't, they don't get these opportunities. And so he wants to make the most of them. I actually love that because, you know, it, it, I know his family is actually, they immigrated from Jamaica and they were farmers. And I can't help but think that that played a small part in this mentality of you, we, we stick together, but when we give you an opportunity or we work for an opportunity, you take it seriously. And um, I can't help, I mean, did he ever talk about that part of his, his family's history at all? Yeah, I didn't really get into much about, you know, the, the um, immigrating part and, and um, coming from Haiti, but I did, um, you know, just the growing up and, and with his family and how close knit they are and um, just how important they are and, and him wanting to, you know, provide for them and, and he does a lot for them and they're, you know, you talk about people's why, um, you know, Neville's why is his family. Oh, I mean, I'm excited about him. My love for him only grows. So he's going to be going. For oh, free. also, also too, uh, I have to note, if you ever need any help with some voiceover, um, <laughs> Neville has yes. the best voice if you've ever heard it. And we actually used him to do some intro video stuff, some um, hype video stuff. He yep. loves doing that kind of stuff. I've told him, I said, whenever football's over, you could go be like a, a voice guy in Hollywood because he has that voice where it's like in a land far, far away. Like, <laughs> he has that perfect voice for that kind of like setting up, telling, narrating a story. It's unbelievable. He's Actually, got a future in that. He has the best voice ever. That's funny you say that because I have a friend who works in your video department um, for the team. And when we drafted him, I reached out to him and I was like, what's the deal with these guys? And he's like, fun fact, uh, Neville is great and he loves broadcasting and he can't get enough of it. So if you guys ever need him, so don't worry, Cowboys Nation. I already took that information and delivered it to our director of broadcasting at the Cowboys. Taylor <laughs> yeah. probably has some good social media uses. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like he, I'm sure he will be leveraged for sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you guys have an open for your podcast, but you should definitely think about Neville because he could definitely provide you a phenomenal one. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, the thing I think I keep on hearing too is just between these two guys, OU DNA is a thing that is preached throughout this program. And I feel like obviously there seems to be some secret sauce <laughs> coming out of Norman. You've got guys like Baker, Kyler Murray, DeMarco Murray, Adrian Peterson, Gerald McCoy. I mean, you could name them the list of people that are just different and they perform at a higher level, but they also have a 360 approach to how they approach the game. Um, can you talk about what about this program has made them so successful about turning, churning high performance athletes out into the world? Well, I think first and foremost, it's a tradition. I mean, it's not just uh, the past three years. Um, it's not just been with Lincoln Riley. It goes back to Bob Stoops and, you know, uh, Barry Switzer. I think uh, Cowboys fans know a little bit about him too. And, and Bud cool. Wilkinson. I mean, this is a program that's won and won for years. I mean, it's the most winningest, it's the winningest program um, since World War II. In the modern day era, there's not a win, there's not a program that's, that's won more than Oklahoma. And so I think you come to Oklahoma with a certain expectation to win. And, and there's a lot of times that probably OU wins by just being OU, by just stepping out on the field because they're Oklahoma, because that's what they've always done. They've always won. And so the tradition and upholding that tradition is very, very important to these players. It's, it's, it is, it's bigger than just, 
you and what you do and what your team does, you want to, you don't want to be the team that lets down the torch and that, you know, doesn't win like these other guys. I mean, if you guys ever come to Norman, let me know. I'll walk you through the facility. If you see just the, everywhere you look, there's banners, there's names of all Americans, there's trophies, there's, there's one wall in particular that has hanging up the, the jerseys of the guys in the NFL. And there's a Jordan shoe wall and just the All-American, the Heisman wall. I mean, it's just, it goes on and on and on. So you come to that, you, you better be ready to, um, you know, uphold that and, and be a part of that. Or if you don't, they've, they've kind of got this saying where it's next man up, we too deep. They've got somebody else that can. So I think being a part of that, number one. And then I think the way that they prepare them to, every year we got guys come back that, um, have been in the pros and they talk about how not that it was an easy transition but it was easier because it it's almost ran the expectations and what you guys have what they have to do as players at Oklahoma is is almost like ran like a pro program and so I hear over and over again for years that once they got to the NFL locker room it was an easier transition for them than a lot of the guys that were around them as rookies because they were prepared because of what Oklahoma did for them while they were in that locker room. And that's everything from, you know, taking care of business from, you know, uh, the weight room, the, the strength and conditioning, the film study, the um, academics, the everything. It's, it's all the expectations that are there for everything that you do. And I think that's what translates so well to the NFL is, it's the expectations that come with being an Oklahoma Sooner. It kind of just, you, you, you take that into the NFL and you carry it into when it becomes your job and your business, the things that you learned as an Oklahoma Sooner. I mean, when this is over, it sounds like we have a road trip in order. <laughs> yes, you've got to. you got to come, come check it out. <laughs> well, I think it's going to fit in really nicely here down in Dallas. Again, I think you, you can consider a place like Oklahoma, a dynasty program, and I – I know me personally, I think a lot of people view the Cowboys in a similar light too. So I feel like they'll fit right in that regard. But um, do you have any final parting stories, just funny little interactions that either of these guys, you know, in your, in your coverage of them or any other fun facts that we Cowboys should, should know? Yeah, you've given us a lot, but I, I still want more. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I just, I think they're, they're just, I don't know. They're so, you, you just knew with both of them really that big things were coming, I, I think is the big thing. I mean, there's, there's a lot of players that either a five-star recruit or whatever, but I just think the, from the start with um, really with Neville, once he came in and was starting as a redshirt freshman and, and people talked about um, his big play capability and, and same thing with CD coming in and immediately he's not like a freshman. So I think he just kind of knew big things were ahead. I'm so excited that it's right down the road and, they get to be Cowboys and, and Sooner fans are going to flock to watch games. I, I guarantee you that. Um, but yeah, I just think, you know, it's the personality wise. Um, they're, they're really opposite, you know, I think, um, like I mentioned, but um, even still both very enjoyable guys, very supportive of one another. I mean, I think you saw the tweets from both of them, how excited they are. Um, you know, Neville was one of the guys that was talking about CD about how, you know, this kid came in and he wasn't a freshman. He didn't play like a freshman. And so they played a lot of football together. 
And, you know, they've, they've won a lot of games together. And I think they'll come in and they'll have the same expectations to continue to win games together and throw Gerald McCoy in on that, even though they weren't, he wasn't teammates with those guys. It's that expectation that comes with being a Sooner. They'll have that expectations at the next level that they're, they expect to win and do it together. And so I think it'll be, it'll be cool to see those three guys and how that kind of um, that OU DNA, that brotherhood that they talk about um, kind of carries on with the Dallas Cowboys. CD, we did this fun thing, one of the fun things. And again, it's probably one of those ones you have to see more than here, but um, we had him on one of our spotlight shows and we kind of try to have a fun game and we played, um, had him kind of break down some fun gifts that he saw. And it was one where the bear, I think caught like a, I don't know if you, you guys remember that gift where the bear caught the, I think it was a piece of bread or something. JK. <laughs> what? Uh, I was guessing and I was wrong. <laughs> I don't know. He caught some sort of food that somebody was throwing at him and the, like, you know, here in CD, the wide receiver kind of break down. I'll have to clip that off and send it to you guys. Cause it's hilarious. Yes. Just hearing him break down how the bear, um, you know, went up and, and snatched the food. Um, so, you know, yeah, I will send it to you guys. Um, we definitely have that. Um, I can, I can clip it off and get it to you guys, but yeah, just great guys overall, great guys that are going to want to win and do everything they can to help the Cowboys win. So I think you guys hit, hit it out of the park with those two picks. That's awesome. We feel the same way. <laughs> well, Jessica, we're so excited. This has been so fun and so insightful. Um, obviously we can expect many more Oklahoma players to come out of your great university. Hopefully they'll come down across the Red River in Texas and Dallas specifically, but um, we'll, we'll be happy with the two we've got thus far from this past year. Can you go ahead and tell everyone where they can find you and your great feature work and where you are on social media and all of the above? Yeah, so I am at Jessica Cootie. Again, as we mentioned, Cootie, um, not many of us, so there's only one, at Jessica Cootie. And Soonersports.com, Soonersports.tv, and a lot of our programming. I actually have a, um, a show that's re-airing right now on um, Fox Sports, Southwest Fox Sports, Oklahoma, that included two of the features that I did on CD and Neville. It was a, kind of a I, – I did a special featured show on the guys that um, were going to get drafted, so Jalen Hurts, Kenneth Murray, and then um, CD and Neville. And so that's airing right now throughout – Fox Sports Oklahoma, if you have that, Fox Sports Southwest occasionally, but if you look for Sooner Sports TV featured. Um, so yeah, and then I think we're, we've got a show coming up this, this week on, on Fox Sports Southwest too. Uh, Sooner Sports Spotlight will be breaking down. Uh, and I have a feeling the guys that uh, I'm on with will like the Cowboys pick of C.D. Lamb and Neville Gallimore going, going, to, the, going to Dallas. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jessica. If you guys want to check out those features and all the great work that she and Sooner Sports are doing, Go ahead and make sure you guys hit that follow button. And we will definitely, in the interim, try to get our hands on that CD Bears clip. That sounds oh amazing. My gosh. <laughs> yes, it is awesome. It was funny. So I'll get that to you guys, definitely. And thanks for having me on. It was fun. I always enjoy uh, talking football with the ladies, you know. Awesome. Don't, you don't get to do that very often. I know, right? Well, thanks so much. We appreciate it. Yeah, this is the best. <laughs> See, we told you guys that'd be fun. She was awesome. Um, honestly, the stories were amazing, but what I really came out of that thinking was, uh, hey, Neville, if you want to come on to our show and try your hand at podcasting, we're available. I mean, I've heard you'd be good at it. Slide in my professional DMs. Yeah, same. So um, speaking of DMs, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Kelsey underscore Charles. 
I'm at Meg Murray with four R's. And just a reminder, we've got new podcast episodes coming out every Monday and Friday on the Blog and the Boys feed, wherever you find your podcast, whether that's Stitcher, Spotify, or iTunes. Make sure you're subscribed. Rate and review. That really helps us, too. Uh, we also have some really great lineups under the Blog and the Boys um, umbrella. So the Ocho, uh, the 750 with Tony Casillas, talking the draft and brews and boys. So we've got lots of content coming your way this offseason. But uh, make sure you tune into us next time. We enjoyed it. And uh, as always, Cowboys forever, Eagles for never. Later, guys. <laughs>